Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. So before I start, uh, my name is Angaratao. Amen. I'm from the Eastern Cape. I married uh, Pastor Joe Ratao. Uh, we both pastor a church in Mahabijuan. So I just want to take this opportunity and thank uh, Pastor Elijah, Pastor Eunice. I never take it for granted when I am called to minister the word of God because in that very moment, you become God's mouthpiece. In that very moment, you represent heaven. So I don't take it for granted. So sir and ma'am, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And to the leadership of the church, I thank you as well. Hallelujah. So we are today going to talk about keeping your passion. Hallelujah. Maintaining your zeal for the things of God. Hallelujah. So in life, there are things that are expandable. There are things that I can do without. That as much as I can love a nice car, as much as I can love a nice house or an odd cake from time to time, but those are the things that I can live without. Meaning, if I do not have that thing, I will not die. If I do not have that thing, it does not make me less of a human being. Hallelujah. And then in the same breath, there are things that you just cannot do without. There are things that when you lose, we, we usually say, you begin to experience a slow death. That yes, you are alive, but it's as though you are a zombie. You are just living because you can breathe. That is when you have lost certain things that you just cannot live without. And those are the doctrine of the word of God. You cannot, as a believer, live outside of the doctrine of the word of God. Number two, you cannot, uh, uh, the other thing that is important is Christian character. How am I supposed to live? Who, who do I represent? You see, sometimes when I say this, I become so conscious of the fact that people then tend to think that I'm talking about sin. I'm not talking about sin. How you are supposed to represent God. Right? So those are the things that we ought to keep our focus on. You see, when a soccer player plays soccer, he does not focus on the man. Ronaldo does not focus on money. Ronaldo, for him to be an excellent 
a soccer player, he has to focus on the ball. So you keep your eyes on the ball. Because when you focus on the man, you lose the ball. So today I'm talking about keeping your passion. We are going to go to Romans. Hallelujah. I was talking to the Lord yesterday, and I was saying, Lord, may we not just be, it's good sometimes to be, to be excited, you know, feel goosebumps. But I was praying that, Lord, may, may something in our hearts get stirred up for change. Amen? That we may move beyond being excited to change, to walking it. Is that okay? So in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, it says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. In the NLT, it says, never be lazy. Never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Enthusiastically. In New English translation, it says, do not lag in zeal. Be enthusiastic in spirit. Serve the Lord. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Never lag in zeal. And in earnest endeavor, be aglow. And burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. So that scripture says to me that my sole purpose of existence in life is to serve the Lord. So when I wake up in the morning as anger, I wake up with the intention of serving the Lord. When I go to work, I go with the intention of serving the Lord. So as a believer, that is your sole mandate. That is why you exist. That is why you have not transitioned into heaven. The reason why you and I are here is to serve the Lord. It is to serve the Lord. So my marriage, my kids, my job, everything about me must bow to the service of God. That is what we are called for. That is why Jesus multiplied in us. You see, when Jesus died, we could have, when he raised again and go ascended to heaven, we could have all just went with him. But no, he made us stay. He made us stay. And then he gave us a mandate. He said, go ye therefore to the nations of the world. He said, make disciples, baptizing them. So that is your mandate in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I love it in the, amplifi in the Amplified Classic. It says, be a glow. Glow with it. It says, and burning with the Spirit. 
you must burn with the Spirit. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 24. We are talking about burning. It says, it says Romans classic, in classic it says, be a glow. Burning with the Spirit. So in Luke chapter 24, we see there two disciples of Jesus. The Bible tells us that they, are, they were walking to Emmaus. Emmaus, Emmaus, Emmaus. That word. So they, they, they were walking there. And the Bible tells us, you know, as they were walking, they were discussing the happenings of what happened in the past three days or three days ago. And then the Bible tells us that Jesus sees them and then joins himself with them. And then Jesus understands that they look sad, that what they are talking about has made them to look sad. So he asks them, why are you sad? What is it that you're talking about? They respond, Cleopas responds and says, are you not from Jerusalem? Are you a stranger here in Jerusalem that you do not know what has happened? That there was a prophet who came, who was going about doing good things. And then the high priests, they took him and they killed him. Don't you know of these things? And then they said, and we had hoped that he would be the redeemer of Israel. So that made them sad. That our hope is now no more. And then Jesus responds and he says, Oh foolish ones and slow to believe of the things that were spoken by the prophets. And then he says that this should, have, should this not have been done to the Christ and for him to, be, to enter into his glory. Then the Bible tells us that beginning from Moses and to all the prophets, he began to expound the things concerning himself. Then the Bible tells us it was then getting late. So Jesus pretended as though he was still going on with the journey. And the two disciples said, no, come, come, come and stay with us. And then we are told that he sat on the table, broke bread, and as he broke the bread, the Bible says that their eyes were opened, and then Jesus vanished. And then they said to themselves, did our hearts not burn within us when he explained the scriptures to us? So it says to me, with the explaining of scripture, our hearts, they burn. Our hearts, they pen. They pen to do what? They pen to do more. They pen to do more. They, do, they pen to do more because afterwards, they went to the rest of the disciples and encouraged them. They told them that we have seen him. Truly he has risen from the dead. Be encouraged. We will bend for the Lord. You and I, we are going to serve our generation. We are going to serve them with signs and wonders. We are going to serve them 
with the full manifestation of the kingdom of God. You see, every time when I see these kids, the ones in the uniform from Capricorn, God, my heart is filled with so much joy. So much joy. And my prayer is always, Lord, may we not drop the ball. May we not drop the ball. May we ensure that what we give them is the true thing. May we ensure that what we give them is not void of power because they are our engine. What we cannot do, they will do. Where we cannot go, they will go. So it is important for us to make sure that power is expressed. So that they can get it when they are young. So that they don't go through the, the pitfalls that some of us maybe went through. We, we become protective. Am I communicating, church? So when we see them, we see the next generation. And we protect them with every fiber of our pain. Because where we have stopped, they will continue. Hallelujah. Wow, God, thank you. So, we go back to our main scripture. I have 30 minutes. We go back to our main scripture. So he says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit. The word fervent there in Greek is yo. So, okay, let me just say this in passing. You know, when we mention Greek and Hebrew words, it's not that we may sound more spiritual. Ne? No, it's not about that. It's just that there's an understanding that the Bible was not written in English, right? The Bible was written in Hebrew and in the Greek, right? So it's important for us, when we see a word, we go and check it in the Greek or Hebrew uh, meaning so that we can get the meaning of the word. So, child of God, it's important then, if I can have an iPhone, right? I can have a keyword study Bible. Are you going to hit me? Right? If I can afford a weave, I can afford a keyword study Bible. Right? Yes, when we were younger, and I'm saying this with the utmost respect, with the utmost respect, we relied a lot on NIV, right? But then we have to grow, all right? And I'm saying this with the utmost of respect, right? So that we can get it all together. So the Greek word there is zio. And zio means to boil. It means to be hot. It means to boil. It means to be hot. So it says, 
we are to boil for the Lord. Remember when you just got born again? How everyone you were like, hey, kipulu and then in our language, we'll say, Dim ginye luyesu, dim ginye wong e foot. There was that excitement to tell the whole world about your experience. Hallelujah. So it says, fervent in spirit, which means to boil. So now, what happens is that many of us. Don't boil for long. So, many of us don't boil for long. And sometimes, the reason why many of us don't boil for long, it's because of the circumstances that we sometimes find ourselves in. So, sometimes the circumstances that we find ourselves, they quench that fire. They quench that fire. But you see, child of God, you and I were never promised a problem-free life. Jesus never promised us that. What, however, he did promise is that I will never leave you, nor forsake you. That he did promise. So even in the midst of that, where you feel like, ooh, you are born to a man. Ooh, you are just being, you are not sure which, which way to. He never, ever promised us a problem-free life. So it means then, to me that there needs to be an awareness that yes I am in this world yes I am in this world but I am not of this world remember Jesus in John chapter 17 when he prays for them he says yes they are in this world keep them they are here but they are not of this world so that means to me that my focus then is on heavenly things. I cannot afford to be in a position where I do things at, at all cost. That I am going to get that business at all cost. I am going to get married at all cost. When we do things at all cost, there is a price to pay. And usually, the price is very dire. Can I camp a little bit on our sisters? Just a little bit? That I cannot say I want to get married at all cost. I cannot say that. Because the problem that then we have made is that we have allowed ourselves to settle. We have allowed ourselves to say, as long as and it's fine. What about your purpose? What about what God has deposited in you? 
What about where you are going? What about the nations that are embedded in you? What about the people who are looking at you? What about them? What about these children? You can't. I know so many of my sisters who, after getting married, they lagged. They, become, they became sluggish in the things of God because the man was not in the same level. He never was. So, don't sell yourself short. Don't. It's nice to be married, yes, it is. But sometimes I look back, I love you, and sometimes I look back and I think to myself, oh God, if maybe before I got married, I had done this and this and this and this and this and that and that and that, you know, and then maybe get married. I was 19 when I met my husband. You know, this and this and this and that and that. Then maybe get married. Sometimes I do think like that. Because you see, when you're married, you can't just say, yeah, yeah, born again, go. we fasting for 30 days. Next week or next of next month. You can't do that. You can't. So enjoy your singlehood now. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Serve the Lord. Work. Work in the kingdom. Go to the hospitals. Lay hands on the sick. Go to buses. Stand there. Book a ticket to Teflop. You know that from here to Tef, you are just preaching. Concern yourself with that. When you are married, it's not as easy. I love you. All right. So, so never allow anything to take your passion, child of God. Never. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. It says, I have fought a good fight. This is Paul. You know, I think when I get to heaven, that's the, after I have said hi to the Lord, hi to Jesus, you know, I'm going to go to Paul. And I like, was call, call. You know, like, this guy, you know, he went on in the book of Acts, killing Christians, killing them. But that day he had an encounter with Jesus. He never looked back. He never said, Lord, I did this. He says, I don't have any fault. I don't have any blame. There's nothing wrong with me. Because he understood that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I 
I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. So I, I'm in love with him. He makes me feel like I can do anything. So he says, I have fought a good fight. The word there in Greek is kalos. It means beautiful. It means valuable. It means precious. So to him, this good fight is a beautiful one. It's one worth dying for. It's one worth living your life for. He says it's beautiful. The Greek word is kalos. He says, I have finished the course. The course there. The Greek word is dromos, which means a race or a career. In the NET, he says, I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He did not say, I have kept my health. I have kept my convenience. You see, sometimes as Christians, we think that this walk is convenient. I'll make a classic example. Maybe I'll make an example about prayer. I want to say it in Tonga. Did I say it right? Yes, that he leads our prayers on Wednesdays. It's winter now. It's getting cold, right? And don't think he's going to say, I get guys. It's cold now. Don't come. No. Prayer is still expected. So it's, it becomes inconvenient to wake up or maybe from your warm heater and your water bottle, hot water bottle, and come to prayer. It's not convenient. The Christian walk is not for convenience. It is not for convenience. He says, I have kept the faith. In the midst of it all, I have kept the faith. Does that mean there were no troubles? Does that mean there was no issues? No. He says, I have run my race. I have finished the course. I am done. Now I can go. My husband likes saying, when we live here, we don't want to, you know, Sisconi, you, we are like your God. But, you know, she was still packed. There was so much that we wanted from her. No, we want to say, yeah, no. She served her generation very well. No, we release her, Lord. It's time for her to go. That's what we want. When I go, I want to say, Lord, I, I, I even say to my husband that the day I go, I'm going to call my children. I'm going to call my children. I'm going to say, listen, I'm leaving now. I've done everything that I can do or that I was supposed to do. It's time for me to go. And it's scriptural. Paul said it. It's scriptural. Hallelujah. Let me read one last verse and then we close. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, 
our zeal is not for when we were we were young it is not but blessing please go to titus chapter 2 verse 14 it is not for when we were young you know for when we were 18 she said hey remember those days remember now i've got three children i can't do it anymore no i do it with them if i if there's a crusade they all go into the car let's go buho now our firstborn he lays hands lay hands chanakon there's no there's no no i'm old here no so titus 4:14 it says who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify to himself a peculiar people zealous of good works in the amplified classic it says who gave himself on our behalf that he might redeem us purchase our freedom from all iniquity and purify for himself a people to be peculiarly his own so my life does not belong to me i do not live for myself my life belongs to somebody and that somebody is jesus christ so he says to be peculiarly his own people who are eager and enthusiastic about living a life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds so one of the fruits of our salvation is our zeal for the things of god so one of the fruits that we know that anger anganda is now born again is her passion for the things of god it is her passion for the things of god my brothers and sisters it would seem to me that if we want to see the glory of the lord filling the earth as the waters cover the sea it has everything to do with my passion it has everything to do with my zeal so a time should now stop i believe where when we gather we ask ourselves so what car do you drive now hey man i saw that contract from escom did you apply for it i did you get i got it man oh oh so now where do you stay i knew hey i knew that you were destined for great things you were destined you know i'm like <laughs> yes it's okay it's good 
You, you can ask me about my children. I'll tell you. I'm very proud of them. But can we ask ourselves also that, eh, 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 I heard you saying that when you were in Vasit, you used to do A, B, and C. Man of God, are you still doing that? And then he responds and says, yes. I'm actually from a crusade two weeks ago. Or the other one, hey, this, when, we were, we were, when we were in Vasit, man, you, rem you remember you used to take walks, praying in tongues for hours. Do you still do that? And then you respond and you say, yeah, I'm from an hour now around my estate where I live. That is the accountability we ought to keep toward each other. I will never forget. I went to Venda many, many years ago to attend a wedding there. One of the attendees was um, a lady we, 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 we served together in a church in Joburg. And she said to me, hey, anger girl, she was older than me. So tell me, are you still as passionate about Jesus like you were at LGTG? I was like, Sis Lindy, you have no idea. Ibile, now I'm going into different dimensions. Do, do you understand? Do you understand what I'm communicating? Do you understand what I'm saying? That as believers, we, be, we conscientize ourselves. With the fact that we are not of this world. We are not of this world. The jobs that we have are so that we can preach the gospel with ease. That's why I go to work in the morning. That Lord, come the 15th, money must clock in. My husband or whoever who needs to go and preach, there's money go. In the office, I'm conscious of the fact that I am not of this world. Not to say I do a shoddy job in the office, no. I make sure that I'm one of the best. So that no one can ever say, So if there's a project that needs to be run, best believe I'm in that project. Not for my namesake, no. For God. So sometimes, five minutes, I'm done. As pastors, I think, just alluding to what you said in Fundis, the other side is, maybe because of compassion, you know, for our people, and we see that it's some of them really struggle. So sometimes we do say, you know, eh, come to church. God will bless you. God will give you a job. And he does. God will make you rich. God will make you rich. Miracle money. Hey, Lord. God will make you rich. And you know what that has made for the people that we are called to? Some, some, they are Right? And if I'm not coming to church, 
Why you don't you come to church? Because I asked God for a car. God has not given me a car. How many times must I pray? How many times must I give? They said here, they want money for this. I gave them. Now look at me. I'm still tracking here. You know. So sometimes when I see that, honestly, most of all the times, I always do this. What did you tell them? By Fumenepi. Where did they get that from? From me, isn't it? As a leader, isn't it? And yet Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, do not worry about what you will eat, about what you will wear, about what you will drink. He made an example. He said, look at the lilies. Look at how pretty they are. They are more glorious than Solomon. He said, look at the pets in the sky. They don't toil, but the Lord feeds them all. He says, look at the grass. It withers, but the Lord takes care of it. And then he says, but how much more you? How much more you? And then he says, your father knows the things you need. And then he says that Gentiles, the people who are not born again, they are running for the same contracts that you are running for. They are going for the same things that you have, you, 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 you have occupied your minds with. And then he says, but you seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is the influence of God in the heart of men. So for as long as there is a person who is not born again, I seek God's influence. I seek God's dominion. I seek God's rule over that person. That is what I occupy myself with. That is what I occupy myself with. The worship team, can you please come and join me? So, that is what we are going to do. We are going to be so passionate. That fire that fire that is in you, it's going to burn. It's going to burn. Nothing, people's church, is going to quench that fire. Nothing. Nothing. Together, we can chase to flight that animal table, 10,000. When we hold hands, and let this fire burn, be a, 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 a blaze in us. We will do more. We will do more for God. Remember Daniel. The Bible says that, you know, he was without blemish, without fault. The governors, they, sit to, they sought to find blame with him. They couldn't find any. So they went to Darius and they said, you know what? 
enact a statute, enact a law that says if anyone prays to any other God but you, let that person perish. The Bible says that Darius the king agreed. He made that rule into law. It became a decree. The Bible then tells me that when Daniel had that this now has been enacted by John, it is now a law. He, the Bible tells me he heard of it. He did not run away. He did not retract. He did not say, Lord, you understand. The times we are living now are hard. I can't profess that you are my Lord. Boldly so. So I need to keep quiet. He didn't say that. The Bible tells me that he knelt down, opened his windows to face Jerusalem, knelt down and prayed like he normally would three times a day. They came seeking for him. They found him praying. They took him, took him to Darius. Listen, look, he disobeyed you. The Bible tells me that Darius tried to say, no, 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 man, let me find a way to wiggle this out of, wiggle Daniel out of the situation. They said, no, 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 remember, what you have enacted cannot be changed. We are then told that Darius took Daniel into the den of lions, put him there, and prayed in his heart that God would save him. The Bible tells us that he did not sleep that day. He couldn't sleep, Darius. The Bible tells us that he woke up, went to the den, and said, Oh, Darius, did your Lord God deliver you? Daniel responded and said, Yes, I am here. There is so much we can do for God. Let's stand up on our feet, please. There is so much.